Hello, 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 everybody. This is PT. It's January 14th, 2022. Thanks for tuning in to another PT podcast. This is season two, episode two. I'm your host, PT, and this is uh, my podcasting partners, Todd the Irishman Bergen. What's up, Todd? Hey, everyone. How are you doing? Welcome. How are you welcome, doing? welcome. I'm doing good. I've good. got a cup of coffee. My eye hurts, though. My right eye. What does that mean? Uh, I have. I don't know, dude. You I don't, don't know. know. You don't know? So You're turning you know? into the wrong podcast if you wanted to find out what's wrong with your eye. I don't know. Is that... Oh, yeah. Dr. Phil. Sorry. No, here it is. Here it is. I, I've got to take care of the log that's in, in, in b- before I deal with your yeah, spec. That's yeah. right. That's right. And across the way here is the ball. And let me tell you, he's extraordinarily beautiful today. Oh, I know. I don't know if you've that. He's been working out. He was extraordinarily bald last week. This yes. week, he is the bald beauty. An emphasis on the beauty. Oh, whatever. He's even got that he's wearing the, He's wearing the tight pants, dude. I know. I'm saying, I am so not wearing the tight he's pants. He's bringing new definition to booty in the beauty. That's right. Yes, I that's no right. Booty. That's that's true. You don't. <laughs> he's got the muscle shirt on. You and I are cut from the same cloth, buddy. <laughs> yes, it is one surfboard right down the the, the back. Yes, yes. I am. I am not blessed. <laughs> yes, you are. You're not blessed with a butt. No. 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 That's why we have to have a belt to keep them from falling down. Yeah, look, man. I mean, we we date women with booty. We don't need. We booty. do. We do. We don't need booty. All right. So that that now we're di- really me. digressing. I got me a booty for woman. Booty. <laughs> I like that one. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> what the beautiful yeah, woman? Yeah, yeah. yeah. A, I like that. You oh didn't my gosh! I need to. Yeah, I need. That was pretty good, Steve. I have to say, I'm very, very impressed. Very yeah. You hey, came up with that on the fly too. That was pretty yeah, quick. It was good. I'm, yeah, I'm, guy. I'm impressed. Uh, unfortunately, Joanna will not be here today because she's got a schedule conflict and she's a punk. Yeah. It's not as yeah. if this happens every week. Oh man, yeah, no. what's the deal? I don't know, but we could say anything we want about Joanna because she's not here. All kinds of smack. all all sorts of smack. Yep, that's yeah, right. We can. So, guys, how's your week been? You guys had a good week. Yes. Yeah. What happened this week, Steve? Yeah, tell us about it. Well, I'm still working on getting my business going. Mm-hmm. Uh, got a couple uh, companies. Insurance uh, business. Insurance business. Yep. Yeah. Let's got a couple that. companies set up. I've only got about seven more to go for for those of us that that for those of you out there that are listening to podcasts that think that this is what we do for a living uh no this is just um our hobby i guess is what yes and some of us choose this some of us don't choose this but some of us choose this so um i would say that steve is a insurance agent and getting Mm -hmm. his company off the the uh yes off the The ground ground floor what's it called is it called gold shield insurance agency gold shield Mm-hmm. Not shield. shield, 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 shield. However you shield. say it, gold shield. Not, shield. not, wow. not, not Stevie. Shield. Not Stevie B. Not Stevie H. Not. <laughs> I really can't believe you didn't say something with this name. Yeah, yeah. Gold shield, like shield. Stevie Golden Shield. No, Golden Shield. Stevie. What was the one that we were sent? The Bald Beauty Insurance Company. <laughs> that would be a good one. Yeah, that'd be a good. Nobody one. protects your People dome like think. my baldness. That's right. <laughs> People would think that we were. <laughs> Helping people uh, that were having issues with their baldness. <laughs> well, hey, a little Rogaine never hurt nothing. B and B, B and B B insurance, whatever. No, I could think of several. Beauty. I could, yeah, Bald Beauty Insurance Company. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, no, no butt insurance no. company. No butt. No butt. 
No buts. Yeah. No, no buts. buts insurance company. Yep. I'm no telling you, man, right now. Oh, yeah. yeah. How about means I can protect everything and there's no buts about it. My insurance. We'll cover your butt. My insurance would be fat back <laughs> we insurance. We got company. your butt covered. We got your butt covered. See, this, this could work. There's a lot of, yeah, there's a lot of things that would take off that one. Oh my gosh. Steve, all, <laughs> I think you need to rethink your name. Let's, yep. re, no, let's rethink no, the name. No, Come on, let's no, start over. No. My, like I said, my insurance company would be called Fatback Insurance Company. Fatback, Fatback, Fatback. Fat fat yeah, not Fastback, Fatback. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, what about you, Todd? Yeah, what you got going on, man? Well, you know me. I'm trying to put this farm together. Yeah, putting it together. And that is literally what's happening. Yes. He had to put together yeah. a 100 a foot greenhouse. Wow. Yes. Oh, it's beautiful. The frame is Ooh, up. I want to see. Where? Doors are up. Mm-hmm. It's right out there. Man, you can look at it. I have to go look at it. Now, the, now the, the sides aren't on, so no, you didn't plastic, get it together yet. Plastic's coming today. Oh, it's coming today. It's not that's, here yet. That's on the plan. But I did find out that tomorrow is supposed to be pretty windy. Mm-hmm. It could be kind of scary. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have it all tied up, it could be a mess. Yeah, I would Ooh. probably wait till the wind's and It's another front coming in, a cold front. Yeah. And, yeah. So, and, and so if I it might, snows... That's another problem that you may have because that oh. plastic, if it's not tied down, could be be oh, messy. It'd yeah, be, yeah, yeah. We definitely tie it down. But yeah, he's, he's just, been busy. We've also been learning a drone. We got some drone footage. Yes. Oh, we all got a drone. Yeah, we've, yeah. we've well, had a drone. Had Remember, a drone. I was at your wedding and I did some pictures from your wedding thing. Yeah. I even sent I'm you a video. Oh, yeah, I just saw that the other day. Yeah, yesterday actually. It was actually oh. pretty cool. Some of the some some footage that I got you was pretty. Was that, no, was he doesn't remember. He he remembers. Looking in the mirror for for twenty five minutes, minutes before the wedding, yeah. yeah. <laughs> was it only twenty five minutes for the wedding? Yeah, yes. it was. I it was. was I know because he spent the night with me at the hotel room. <laughs> oh lord! Before his wedding, yeah, he was whatever. He yeah, got up in his whitey tidies and went to the mirror. And asked him, it's just like old times, man. Sitting there watching oh, you, man. it's beautiful. It's you beautiful. Were no, no, you know Thank what? You. It was not bootyful. <laughs> it was lacking booty. Crazy. Oh yes, I am. I am. Oh, yeah. so I got I got stuff to tell you. Okay. Okay. I tell got us. stuff to We're tell here. you. We're here. What's are up? you here? You're, yep. you, are you sure? Yep. Bring can I can here. I whine a little bit? Yeah. About, wait. 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 Is it about you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. All right, bring it. On. Yeah. Go ahead. So this week, we know we we've been preaching about considered all joy, enduring, mm-hmm. learning God's wisdom yes. through that stuff. You know how to deal with disappointment with God in your situation and how James one deals with that. You know, you, you look at that as you're dealing with man, but really it's the whole premise is enduring under trial. So when you're going through the trial, be quick to listen, slow to speak and slow to anger, especially when you're approaching the Lord, because mm-hmm. the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. And then he talks about putting off. We'll talk about that on Sunday, the rest of it. But so you know, as soon as you start preaching that stuff, God's gonna go. You right. sure? You sure let's, you got this? Let's try it. Yeah, you sure you got this down, man? You sure. Mm-hmm. So, so um, Monday was actually pretty good, Monday except was. I woke up and mm. I have this pain in my jaw, and I'm like, "What the? What, what's this about?" You know, mm-hmm. and, and it's swollen up back there. And I tell Charlotte, "Check it out." And what do you think? And she tells me what she thinks, and I'm like, "Yeah, this this is not good. This is hurts." So mm. call the call the dentist. They say you need to get in Wednesday. That's the first opening time that they had, and which is really good because usually they put me off like two months before they can get me in. But mm-hmm. they, they, because they knew that it was probably something not good, so I go in Wednesday. Well, it's warranty work on their side. Well, we we hope I, you, they can't. <laughs> you know, they can't. They can't really guarantee that you're not going to. Well, I'll, I'll just talk when well, I have to tell you what I have first. Yeah. So going to the dentist office and it's tender, man. By Wednesday, it's I have 
it's there's a knot on the side. It's still there. Wow. I should have called him this morning, but I'm, I think it's a little bit better than what it was on Wednesday. Um, but I had, I, listen, it's been a month since I've had my wisdom teeth taken out. So I'm thinking there's no way uh-huh. I can have anything bad with this thing. It doesn't make any sense. Although I will say that there are two gaping holes where my teeth used to be. Mm-hmm. And every time I freaking eat, I got, you know, sides of beef that's in there or, or pork or something like you have mm. to get all that stuff out. That's no, for a second meal. There's TMI. That's TMI for you. So <laughs> second meal. I go in and he looks and he goes, yep, yep. One one side's not like the other. <laughs> I'm like, no crap, dude. So he's sitting there looking at it. And, he, and great dentist. He's a great dentist. If you if you want a good dentist in Lindale, you got to go see Paul Denson. He's gr- just great. Paul Denson, um, uh, Center for Cosmetic Dentistry and, and, uh, and Implant. Uh, anyway, so uh, he went in there and, and he said it under his breath a little bit, I think, because he, he didn't want me to get depressed. But he was like, yeah, you have a little bit of dry socket there. And so, uh, you know, <laughs> like, yeah, a little bit. Right. Yeah. I did everything he told me to. I didn't suck out of straws for four or five days. I was I was but I did I did go and do the concert. He asked me immediately when I walked in and go, did you were you able to sing? I'm like, yeah, I was able to sing. And. And I said, it didn't start hurting until this last Monday. And so I, I have a dry socket on the side over here. So that was, I can, I can be okay with that. I, I get out of the parking lot. I'm on my way to the gig at TXM Tyler. Mm. And I go and, and get my car washed. And those of you that know, I've got this great looking truck. It's yes. this beautiful truck. It is. Getting it washed. Looks Vader. Vader is, Vader's his yeah. name. And so um, I go and get it washed. And I pull into a gas station because after the gig, I don't want to have to stop at night to get the gas. I want to go ahead and go. But I, when I pull him in, it's like, it's crowded, um, and it's it's the cheapest gas in town. It's the Walmart neighborhood mm-hmm. store there um, on Old Jacksonville. And so I pull in, and it's you're having to pull around to find a spot. And finally, I find one that's opened up. So I'm I'm coming in, and I'm pulling in. And then there's a lady that had pulled uh, behind me and would, had I guess misjudged her turn because she was she was having to adjust, and I I did not. I, I was already backed into this 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 space where I was trying to gas up. And all of a sudden, I see in the driver's side uh, rear view um, the the car backing up, and I see this Mazda CX-5, and it just goes, you know, hits the the back of the car. And it, she wasn't going fast, just a little love tap, but it was enough to scratch and indent my car. So poor Vader. Yeah, poor. Yeah, he's fine. He's bruised, but he'll be fine. Um, and and she, bless her, I felt so bad for her. I can't even imagine. You know, if I'm having a bad day with a dry socket and all that crud, um, I can't even imagine being in that busy intersection and then making a mistake like that and, you know, having to get your insurance involved, knowing it, it's your fault and stuff like mm-hmm. that. It's just crazy. So I felt bad for her. I said, this is why we have insurance. You know, this is, is what it is. So, but it was a bad day. It was a bad yeah. day. And yesterday, Sorry, brother. still hurting, you know. The every car? time, every time the I look at Steve, or? it's like a sweet tooth reaction. Oh, so, yeah, it just yeah, I'm playing, but yeah, it was it was a weird week. Um, hey, let's mm. talk about this. Yeah, the top news story obviously yeah. is um, the mandate for private businesses has been blocked by Supreme Court. That's good. Uh, but the Praise mandate the for 20 million healthcare workers has been upheld. So in the oh greatest compromise stupidity ever done by Supreme Court from what I understand. Um, And and that's my opinion. You can like it or not like it. I don't care. This is called the PT podcast, um, not your podcast. So I think that the healthcare um, upholding is a complete and total stupid compromise. And, and I'm going to say this in other words, if you're receiving money from the government or you're on the governmental tit at all, 
you have to conform to their rules or lose your funding. Now, that doesn't sound precursory at all. Mm, no. Not at all. Get our vaccine or lose your ability to provide for your family. That doesn't sound ominous at all, does it? No. What a freaking joke. It's just stupid. Mm-hmm. So I'm upset. Obviously, my wife is in the healthcare industry. Mm-hmm. Yes. And there's a lot of people, 20 million people in the healthcare industry that are yeah. going to lose their jobs because they don't believe in getting the yeah. MNR, mRNA um, DNA changer into their bodies. Because they know more probably than well, um, the general population. Yeah. Plus they Not see, they don't they know more than they don't know more than obviously they don't know more than Congress and Biden. Of course not. They haven't been there. Yeah. Biden. Yes. <laughs> We're not going to talk about that. <laughs> oh my gosh. So, so I'm not even going to talk about what I feel about the vaccine. You know I'm, what's funny about this podcast? What people who look at what this thing is titled, they won't even know this conversation took place if they didn't know <laughs> if they didn't listen to it. We'll see. Yes, we'll see. We'll see. I guess what the comments will definitely tell us who's the listening. bots. The bots will listen and then they'll the they'll block us. Who knows? Listen. Yeah. I, I, I'm not going to talk about how I feel about the vaccine. I think that that's for every person to decide for yeah. themselves and what they do with it. I will say this, that I do not like the erosion of personal freedom. Yes. I, I think that it is a drastic overreach by any state of the government to try to mandate anything that is invasive like a vaccine. I think that all I vaccines, agree. all of them, should be something that you can choose to get or not to get. Mm-hmm. And of course the, the argument to that is, well, you still, you, you still can choose not to get it, but you won't be able to have your job. Ooh. And that to me is, is encroachment mm-hmm. and uh, an erosion of personal freedom. Oh, okay. So, well, I mean, we, anything you want to add to that guys or no, you said it all. Uh, I, yeah. If you get me started, I'll be on a rant. Mm-hmm. I'm already close. I know, but this is, that's another podcast. That's a whole other podcast. Day. Yeah, a whole other. <laughs> I guess we could talk about that later on. Yeah, yeah. we, we could, could put that on the schedule. On yeah. If you guys want to hear about that, let us know. Otherwise, we're going to do it anyways. All right. So, <laughs> yeah, exactly. also, 2022, huh? What about, um, I guess, the first half of this, this year or the first quarter is going to be all about death? Betty White, mm-hmm. Sidney Potier, mm. Bob Saget, and now oh, one of my. Bob Saget, no, full house, dude. Mm-hmm. I mean, Poor Uncle Bob. Danny or Danny, Danny Tanner. Uh, but now one of my favorite leaders of all time, and still to this day, one of the most poignant messages I've ever heard from a pulpit, Dr. George Wood. Yes. Um, superintendent of, uh, well, former superintendent, now it's Doug Clay, but former superintendent of the general council, of the Assemblies mm-hmm. of God. Uh, and that is the um, denomination that I grew up in. Me and Steve both grew up in. Yep. Um, and he passed away and went home to be with Jesus um, just, just a couple days ago. Um, mm-hmm. So it just seems like a mass number of very influential people are, are leaving us. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's a bright light with Betty White. Mm. Um, she was, and, and she went home in her sleep. Same thing with uh, Bob Saget. And I can't talk about, I don't know much about the personal life of Bob Saget. And, and Betty White as as much as I know about her, uh, you know, I I didn't know her, per, but I did know George Doctor George Wood mm-hmm. a little bit, yeah. And I know his stance. I know what he his life was like. And yeah, just a just a saint of a guy. I mean, yes, very um, much so. And, and again, kind of well, like the Billy Graham of Assembly of God. Well, he was he's one of them. You know, Trask is another mm-hmm. one. Thomas Trask, and then uh, my mentor uh, Rick Dubose is is the assistant superintendent. Just a yeah, great just people. great people. Yeah, just great people. But Doctor George, uh, he had he had cancer. Oh, and um, and and had some some stuff. He was going through stuff. I think it was a throat cancer. 
Mm-hmm. And uh, so he had just did an interview not too long ago and, and but ended up passing away. And, and those of you that don't know, go look him up. He was an attorney before he was a superintendent. Oh, wow. Um, and just, I mean, brilliant guy. And like I said, oh, yeah. one of the most poignant messages I've ever heard anyone preach from a pulpit came from him. Um, he just this, and he, he looked, you know, kind of balded guy mm-hmm. and older looking man and had so much fire when he was preaching. I was like, mm-hmm. good night, man. It, it was moving. It was incredible. But yeah. Um, so yeah, it kind of hurts a little bit. Um, and I know some of you are out there that are, are, are reeling from Betty White or Sidney Poitier or, or Bob Saget. And, and we're all kind of in the same place. There are people mm-hmm. that are going home and it hurts and we, we feel it. Yeah. So let's change the, let's change gears just a little yeah. bit. Yeah. Cowboys are in the playoffs. First time in, in three years. Yay. Wow. Yeah. About time. Yeah. Yeah. And and I'm I'm not gonna say how long it's been since they've actually Maybe. did anything in the playoffs, but they're in the playoffs, yeah. which is for 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 Cowboy fans, that's a big thing. Yeah. For people from Washington who don't give a rat's or rip <laughs> about the Cowboys, it's not something that you want to hear. But Sunday we're going to see just how serious they are because mm-hmm. there seems to be some speculation on whether or not they're, they're the real deal. We'll find out. Yeah. Because Dak has kind of choked on some pretty important games Yeah, and overthrows. And then, you know, it seems like they're not consistent at all. He just got, he just got to get settled quicker. Well, I don't know about that. Or if the, I, I think the line's doing great protecting him. Yeah. I think that injury and the pressure is kind of getting to him. It, it evidently um, because he's, he's, he's underperformed. Human? Quite a quite a few times. Uh, I mean, he has the ability to get it done. Let's just see if he does it. Well, there's definitely the talent there. I just don't think they've pulled it all together yet. I don't. I don't know if this is their year. Hmm. I, I'd want, definitely I, their year of coming together for sure. Well, they're they're learning a lot. You mm-hmm. know, Tim. I hope your mom doesn't listen to this. She might get mad at you. She'll agree with me. I mean, oh, no. every, everybody that watches the boys have oh, their concerns. No. We're, we're we're going up against the 49ers. First of yes. all, if Mike Garrett, if you're listening to this. Don't you dare post anything if the Cowboys lose to the 49ers on my page. I, yeah, just don't do it. He's a he's a pastor oh, um, wow. out out in uh, off of uh, the the Palestine Highway. Uh, yeah. Just a great guy, but he he loves to rub in the 49ers, the flaming 49ers. Oh, yeah. So um, I I know the Cowboys have the talent, but they are facing the 49ers, mm-hmm. and I hope they could pull off the W and and advance. But I'm really not certain after they get past that point. If they can hang against the likes of Green Bay or Kansas City, I know. I just don't know. I, and I'm a. I love Patrick Mahomes. I think he's great. He's a homeboy right out of White House. Oh yeah. Um. Great. Great guy. Great family. Um. But good grief. I. I just don't know if we can hang. Yeah, I, I, and I honestly think that's going to be the Super Bowl, Green Bay and and Kansas City. Even though I hope I'm wrong. I think you're prop. It's either that or Tampa Bay and in Kansas City. Another repeat. I know. You never know with Brady. He's like Superman like sometimes. Even though I really, really do like him, I really think he's a good guy. Oh, yeah. I just don't like him. Because he wins. I know, all the time. He's like the Trump It's because of he deflates all of his balls. <laughs> I'm just saying, that's what happens. They they, they lessen the well, weight uh, of the ball. Whatever. Deflate gate, yeah. Okay. You've not heard about that? Go look it up. I know. I don't think he does that anymore. Bull. You think so? Absolutely. Uh, you know, if you put a little water in, you can get a better spin. I'm just saying, yeah. Anyway, so I actually think <laughs> now I really hope I'm wrong. I hope the Cowboys because wouldn't it be cool if they have to move the Super Bowl from L.A. to Dallas? That'd be great. And then Dallas goes all the way to the Super Bowl. That and, would be great. Oh I my gosh! I Talk about home that. field advantage. 
at the Super Bowl. Yeah. That's only happened a handful of times. Yeah. Anyway, so, all right. Them, all right. Them tickets are going to go away. So Wait, let's do a round of, uh, if What'd you guys. You if you, no, no, we did that last week. Remember, this week is What the Heck. Oh, no. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. Yeah. Whoa. What the heck. I've never what the heck anything. Yeah, you, we, yeah we've no, done you, we've you done a couple done. rounds of what oh, yeah. the heck. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, He's Steve. We're still working on Steve. We we got to get him some um, ginkgo biloba. Yeah, his memory. Yeah, his memory's kind of hurting a little bit. So I don't remember what the heck. <laughs> That's I don't remember right. heck either. So I just say it. Uh, All right. So here's the here is now we don't have Joanna. Aw, yes. a moment of silence MTC. for for the, the. Well, let's give her a card. See what she says. <laughs> That'll be interesting. Yes. That would be interesting. I, I'd rather not. Because <laughs> well, she can go last. Yeah, she can go. Yeah. <laughs> Punk. All right. So I'm going to go with Steve first this All time. Right. Oh, yeah, Steve. So Steve, Steve this is called What the Heck. All right. You have to answer. What the heck? All right. All right, here we go. Is cereal soup? Why or why not? Is cereal soup? Why or why not? Mm. No. Why? Are you sure? Because soup is warm and cereal is cold. Uh, malto meal. No, because you can have cucumber soup. Malto meal is cold. cold never, yeah, cucumber soup. Yeah. I don't consider yeah. it soup unless it's warm. So malto meal is soup. Oh, yeah. And that's cereal. It's a breakfast cereal. What about oatmeal? It is um, not cereal. It's cream of wheat. What do you mean it's not cereal? Oatmeal cream of cereal. wheat is cereal? It says it on the side of the can. It cereal does. Is cream not. of wheat cereal. Mm, poor Steve. I, what the heck? That's porridge. <laughs> porridge is <a> cereal. What <laughs> the? <laughs> See why we call it Tell what that the heck? Goldilocks. What the heck? <laughs> why, why does it even matter? It doesn't. We're just trying to argue yeah. over that. Yeah. So mm. I, so, I think if it's cold, it's not soup. That's I would not eat. Man, cold you don't soup. like a spacho. The whole purpose of soup. <laughs> what is that? It sounds like something you should something eat. Warm in a bowl. <laughs> Despacho? Is that what you called it? Gaspacho. Gaspacho. What's gaspacho? It's like it's like it's like a cucumber soup. It's it's cold. It's cucumber some, is cold. It's cold. You need to understand. He's from Washington. Yeah, they have so cold this soup. whole it's a vegetable Washington. soup. It's really good for you. It would be yeah. a vegetable melody. Mel. Yeah, I wouldn't medley. Be if it's unless it's warmed up, medley. Then it'd be a soup. Medley. Melody. Sorry. Melody is a line in music that. Medley is, medley. A, is is a lot of things together. Yes, medley. M-E-D-L-E-Y. Medley. Not M-E-L-O-D-Y. Oh, it's a spelling bee. Melody is the way the notes go up and down. Sorry, my grammar sense. Nazi's coming out. I don't mean to. It's mm. I blame it on I, I blame it on my teachers. Okay, okay, so Todd, it's your turn. Are you sure? I stick by my yep. and then I'm gonna give the cards answer to Steve so that he can ask me because you asked me last week. Oh, oh so great. Didn't I? Yes. All right, so here we go. Remember it's the top one. Oh, this is when your you, favorite. Is it my favorite? If peanut butter wasn't called peanut butter, what would it be called? Nut butter. <laughs> <laughs> I can honestly say I would never buy it if it was called nut butter. <laughs> Come on, yes you would. No, no, you butter. You'd be a squirrel hey. just trying to get a nut in this world. <laughs> No, no, I'm sorry. That is not going to happen. My, my wife likes almond uh, milk, and you could also call it hey. juice. <laughs> Speaking of almond milk, no, not that I really want to talk about this on the podcast. She but loves almond milk. Tool. What did you say? She got a new tool. Who? His wife got his wife got a new tool. She's yeah, making her own almond. It's milk. almond. Don't cow. talk about Steve like that, dude. That's not hey, fair. You know what? 
<laughs> She's got the almond cow. She makes her own almond milk. I know. I, I saw it. the picture. Dude, have you ever, I'm, I'm just saying, have you ever seen almond peanut, like almond butter? Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. It's nasty looking. I guess I'm It's nasty there. looking, it's, but it still tastes good. No, though. it does not. Yes, There's nothing good about that. No, yes, sir. Yes, no, no, no. It, it tastes like death and broken dreams is what it tastes like. It's but now, still good. Have, have you ever had like regular, so like last, last no. year, me and my wife went on a vacation and we went to Arkansas and we found an Amish store that made homemade nut butter, peanut mm. butter, peanut butter, peanut butter. Not and nut then you butter, could dude. buy, you could, well, I was just changing the name. I bet no, that's no, no. good. And, it, and then they had some that had honey in it. Yes. No, that, that sounds oh, good. Honey makes it so much better. Sounds, it was gross. Yes, honey. Yes. Honey. Mm. A land flowing with nut butter and honey. Yes. Mm-hmm. I think that's where the Israelites went. Yes. Probably. Yes. Your wife is trying to get me to make pistachio butter. <laughs> this is a what? Too. Yeah, we had that no, no. That. Listen, listen, quit, guys. You Don't cannot me. milk almonds. You, you, no, you, you can. crazy, crazy yes, people. You can. You no, have to have small you can't. Yeah, gotta have small hands. Yeah. There's no, there is no nipples on. Yes, sir. There, there are no it's mammary glands on an almond. It's you guys point. are full of corn. No, it's got a point. You, no, no, point. no, it's dude, no. Point. <laughs> I'm not even gonna go there. I cannot believe we're even having that conversation. Dude, no, we don't even need to even go there. You cannot milk an almond, therefore there is no almond milk. And people are creating like, there's even cashew milk. What Mm. what are you health freaks doing? Yeah. Milking those cashews? No, you can have an almond puree. I agree. Cashews I think have you, two points. I think you can even have a cashew puree, but you cannot milk either one of those two things. You guys are full of snot is what I think you are. All you right. do if you have a uh, almond cow. Yeah. It's a special cow that makes the milk. Yeah. It's like the chocolate cow. Mm-hmm. Makes chocolate milk. It's an almond cow. There, you guys you so know, crazy someplace else. I'm all stocked up. Okay. We also, we also have summer cows. Uh, what the heck? Dude? Have you ever seen? All this right, right, give me I another got, one. Give me I, another one. I don't want to. Really good. Tim. You're starting to tick me All off. Right. I cannot believe we're. Talking. Be careful All with right. your mic. Man. I know. I got to talk too, too close. Sorry. It's okay. What nickname have you been called that you hate? Timmy? Oh, yeah. So we're gonna put it. On, it? We're gonna what put it? it out there, and then he, everybody's gonna use it. Yeah. It's like, late, like somehow I ended up with tater tot. Oh my gosh, Tuck. Yeah, Tater Tot Tuck. Tater Todd Tuck. Oh, is it Tater Todd? Um, that tater would make more sense. Well, I know, but it's Tater Todd. Like, Bexkin calls me Tater Todd. Ron White, I mean, has absolutely made a living off of that nickname. He was Tater, they call me Tater oh, Salad. That's right. And his son is Tater Tot. That's right. Yeah, so there's nothing. I mean, that's pretty, to, that's pretty great name. Okay, Tim, what is it? Uh, when I was in um, in Spanish class... My my Spanish name, Mm. the Spanish name for Timothy, which is my my given name, is Timoteo. 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 Okay. Timoteo. So in middle school, they would call you tomato. They'd call me Timmy Potato or Timmy Tomato. (laughs) And I hated it. I hate it Mm. still. And I, I can't, to be honest with you, I don't like Timmy. There are only a handful of people that can call me Timmy. Where I don't want to kick them in the nut butter, okay? Uh, I'm just saying. So um, it just makes me. I don't like that. I, I just don't. There's. Mm-hmm. I have a cousin that that went by Timmy, and even as a kid, I didn't go by Timmy. I didn't like it. Mm. There are some people that 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 still 
call me Timmy and they'll get away with it because they're like my second grade teacher or my mom can call me Timmy and get away with it. My dad can call me Timmy and get away with it. But you guys, I, please, I'm begging you. I won't call you Tater Todd Salad or whatever. Yeah. I'm not going to tell you mine. Okay. Why? Because I don't want y'all to call me that. We yeah. call you all kinds Give of stuff. Give me the card. I don't have. You don't it. have the card. Okay. I don't have any card. Yeah. Well, now it's out there, so everybody will call me that, and I'm just telling you, I won't like you very much mm-hmm. if you call me that, Steve. Don't you do it? I won't. Yeah. I call him. Timmy I have blackmail. Just remember yeah. that. I yeah. I called him Timmy last week. All right. So that you did not call me Timmy last week. No, you did not. He was in the mm-hmm. office right here. You did not. Yeah. No. I did. No. Mm-hmm. No. 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 Yeah, no. Because no. I was trying to get no. your attention. No, you did not say. You, no! you did not. Absolutely not. All right, so you were paying attention. I, I'm glad I wasn't because I would have shot Purell in your eye. All right, so um, <laughs> we have a love, loving almond Purell. Love it, right? <laughs> almond Purell. Yeah, that's how it's we make natural. more money. <laughs> Look, I've got almond tissues. <laughs> oh, we could take the byproduct from almond milk and make tissue. Yes, they can. All right, let's talk about the subject, please. Before you guys go absolutely nuts with cashew, whatever, or yeah. almond nut butter, or whatever you're talking about, <laughs> almond diapers, whatever we're talking about. Made with the shells of almonds. That's right. No, to produce the most absorbent. <laughs> the, the most absorbent? No, they're not absorbent. <laughs> no. It's just abrasive to get off the dandruff. Okay. All right. So I'm. I'm gonna. So this morning, I'm going to list out a whole bunch of scripture references. If you want to want to quiz me on it, please make sure and write them down as I'm talking, talking them to you, because I'm not going to read all of these scriptures. In fact, I probably won't read most of them, um, but I am going to kind of give you a foundation about what we're going to talk about. Today's a little bit more theological than most of our podcasts, and because I, I think it's a big conversation, a lot of people blame God for the things that are going on in their life, and we need to talk about God's omniscience, which is his knowing nature and his power to know everything versus free will and how do those things work together if they work together at all. So we're going to talk about that. The first thing I'm going to say is the Lord frequently in the Bible changes his mind in the light of changing circumstances or as a result of prayer. You can find proof of that in Exodus chapter 32 verse 14 and Numbers chapter 14 verses 12 through 20, Deuteronomy chapter 9 verses 13 through 14, 18 through 20 and verse 25 for Samuel 2 27 through 36, 2 Kings chapter 20, 1 through 7, 1 Chronicles 21, verse 15, Jeremiah 26, 19, Ezekiel chapter 20, verses 5 through 22, Amos, I can go on. I can go, I can go on for days about all the scripture references where God actually changes his mind in the light of prayer or circumstances. So um, at other times he explicitly states that he will change his mind if the circumstances change. Now, for those of you that think that God has written out a timeline of how everything's going to happen, you need to explain to me how he is able, without manipulation and without lying, how he is able to change his mind if his mind had already been made up from the beginning. All right? That's this one thing. And then the willingness to change mm. is portrayed as one of God's attributes of greatness. If you look at Joel chapter 2, verses 13 through 14, and Jonah chapter 4, verse 2, if the, if the future was exhaustively and eternally settled, as classical theism teaches, it would be impossible for God to genuinely change his mind about matters. He would have It's all written down. It's all done. So here are my, here are my points that I'm going to label as foundational 
theology about the Lord, and then we can discuss some of these questions that exist from this um, this conversation that I, generally happens when we talk about this stuff. First of all, God sometimes expresses regret and disappointment over how things turns out. Okay, uh, uh, even occasionally over things that results from His own will. Okay, like He created man, and you remember when Noah was around, what what did He say? It grieved, yes, grieved God that He had created man. He was like, okay, I. I, I'm 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 not happy that this is going the way it's going. Genesis chapter six will tell you that. All right, and then you got uh, the times with with uh, uh, um, Saul, and he was he was upset that he he made Saul king. Mm-hmm. So you got and then Ezekiel when the people of God are turning away from the, the Lord and and there's examples of him expressing regret over the the, the whoring of the Israel nation in, in Ezekiel chapter twenty two. Mm-hmm. If the future was exhaustively and eternally settled. And, and that is a huge underlying statement, exhaustively and eternally settled, which is what Calvinism teaches, that it is at the onset, at the beginning, the, that, that the future was exhaustively and eternally settled, that it is, it is done, it is written. He saw the end from the beginning, okay? So if it's exhaustively and eternally settled, it would be impossible for God to genuinely regret how some of his own decisions turned out. And obviously, in the Bible, there are times where he does say, I regret or I'm... I'm, I'm grieved that I've done this, okay? It's not that he made a mistake. It's just that man has totally uh, distorted the whole purpose of why God brought them in, in, in existence anyways, okay? Verse number two. At other times, God tells us that he's surprised at how things turned out because he expected a different outcome. Um you can find that in Isaiah chapter 5, Jeremiah chapter 3, uh, Jeremiah chapter 19. If the future, again, was eternally and exhaustively settled, everything would come to pass exactly as God eternally knew or determined it to be. Because God can never be wrong, right? God's infallible. So if God's infallible and he knows for a fixed certainty that something's going to happen, then did you have a choice that it was going to happen. So that's that's number verse number three. Okay, not verse number three. The Lord frequently tests His people to ta- to find out whether they'll remain faithful to Him. I mean, you see that with Abraham, you see it with Moses, you see it with Joshua, you see it with Saul, you see it with David, you see it with I mean, tons, tons of times where He tests His people to see if they're going to be faithful to Him. In fact, even with Abraham, when he is up there with Isaac about to sacrifice Isaac, mm-hmm. God stops His hands and He says the famous words, "Now I know." Mm-hmm. Now I know. Like, he didn't know before, but now he knows. Now, either that's a divine manipulation on the heart of Moses, or God genuinely did not know what Moses was going to choose. So why the test if God already knows? If the future were eternally and exhaustively settled, God could not genuinely say he tests people, because that would that that, that would imply that he didn't know at the onset. You see, what would be the point of a test if... God already knew that it was going to be, that this is how it was going to go, okay? Um, so if he's going to test people to, quote, unquote, know whether they'll be faithful or not, that means the future is not eternally and exhaustively settled, okay? And number four, the Lord sometimes asks non-rhetorical questions about the future. That happens in Numbers, that happens in Hosea. And he speaks to people in terms of what, or what may or may not happen, and that's always the case. When he's giving... Um, uh, opportunities like to Pharaoh to make the right decision before he sends the 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 plagues. Um, he gives Pharaoh the opportunity to allow Israel to go and make sacrifice the way that they need to or the way that he's commanded them to. And then Pharaoh refuses that, and then God does. And he tells 
Moses, that there's, he's not going to do this, but just in case I'm going to offer him this, this, this opportunity. He does this on multiple occasions in the old Testament where in, in Exodus chapter three, um, in, in Exodus chapter 13, Jeremiah chapter 38, uh, Ezekiel chapter 12, if the future were exhaustively and eternally settled, God could never genuinely speak about the future in terms of what may or may not happen. Why? Because it's exhaustively and eternally settled. It means that when he says something, he can't talk about open future because it's done already. If it's eternal now and God sees the future as if it's already happened, then there there are no possibilities. You're only performing that which he's already pre-programmed you to do. Does that make sense? So I'm going to read a quote from the book of um, God of the Possible by Dr. Gregory o- Gregory A. Boyd. And by no means do I endorse all the beliefs of this guy, but I think he's right on by this quote. It takes a greater God to steer a world populated with free agents rather than it does to steer a world of pre-programmed automations. So today, we're going to kind of encroach this topic. And I know it's cerebral, and it probably will not be one of the more popular posts. In fact, both of my partners here look like they're about to fall asleep from that. (laughs) No, I just kidding. kidding. So we're going to be talking about God's foreknowledge versus man's free will. And I expect that we will probably agree for the most part, because both of you guys have probably had this conversation with me before. It's not as if I'm not passionate about this subject. Yeah. Um, but God's foreknowledge versus man's free will. Um, God's omniscience and his all-knowing nature, how does that lend to the belief structure of free will? Um, and so today's going to be slightly cerebral. It should be fun conversation. So here's some questions to ask yourself, and we'll go down the line here. Do If God has eternally and exhaustively settled the future... That means he's already written your path, okay? And we've heard this all of our lives, right? Mm-hmm. Haven't you? I mean, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm asking, have uh, you? Yeah, I've definitely heard people yeah. say that. Yeah, that God's got what, what's the what's the big um, God's? He end? knows. He knows what's gonna what you're gonna do. He already knew. He already knew. Yeah, it's already, already knew. Done. Or God's in control. Mm-hmm. 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 So um, he knew what you were going to choose from the beginning of your life. And your life has already been written down and and mapped out, and you're doing everything. It's God's plan. God's plan. God's God's plan for your life. This is God's plan for you. Got to follow God's plan for your life. So, if the future is exhaustively and eternally settled, if God knows for a fixed certainty what you're going to choose, did do you really have a choice? No, not if that's the case. God can never be wrong. He's not infa- he's not fallible. He doesn't make mistakes. Mm-hmm. Although he does regret some of the freedoms that he obviously gave yes, in Genesis. Yeah. We see that in the Bible. Yeah. But let me I'm just asking. If if he has already pre-programmed you to do stuff and he can never be wrong in the pre-programming of that, then did you have a choice to begin with? No. (laughs) (laughs) Look at Steve. He was like, man, I I really want to answer this different. But uh, yeah, I mean, that's the reason why he gave us free wills. He wanted us to love him. Well, let's talk about let's talk about the nature of God's omniscience. He wanted us to worship him. That's what he created us for. What does omniscience mean? Omniscience means all powerful. No, that's omnipotent. Omnipotent. Yeah. Omniscience means Ever present? No, that's 
<laughs> I keep I forgot my omnis. Omnipresent is omnipresent. all present. So omniscient is all all knowing. All knowing. That's all knowing. right. Okay. So it's it's sorry. The mind. What's well, okay? If you have conscience, it's been a way. It's been a while since I've been in Bible college. Dealing dealing with the mind. Okay. So if you are all, all powerful, you're omnipotent. You have yes. you have. He's all powerful. He's all potent. <laughs> yeah. All, all. <laughs> Okay, he's so he's got all power. He can do. Mm-hmm. He's and and if if we're and I'm not. I don't think that people of Calvinism are evil. I just think that the teaching sometimes misrepresents the Lord, um, and we have to be careful how we characterize him because that means that we're attributing some of these things that man does to the pre-programming of God's omniscience. And so, if God pre-knows all these things are going to happen, they say, "Well, there's still a choice for you to make." He just ultimately wrote down what you were going to choose, and it's a it's a lesson in um, futility. Even if even if there was a desire to choose differently, God can't be wrong. So if He preordains or predestines you to make a choice, you really don't have any choice in the matter to begin with. You 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 are pre-programmed to make that. Why? Because God can never be wrong. He already knows for a fixed certainty what you're going to choose. In fact, in His plan, He's already written it down. If God writes that down and he's never wrong, then you can't make that. So speaking to the omniscience of God, what does it mean? It means that everything everything God knows, all that can be known, God knows. But mm-hmm. if we make that assessment and we say that God is omniscient and he's all-knowing, then we have to make the assessment of what is knowable. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Yeah. We have to define what is or what is not knowable. What does God know? And so if we're looking at the Bible and we are seeing that there are possibilities, not necessarily all written out from pre-programmed nature, then that means that there are things that God does not know. And part of that is our choice. I think God knows up to the point of our choices. And sure, he's created the possibility of atonement. Mm -hmm. He's created the possibility of loving him. With all at the garden, he created that. How did he do that? How did he create the possibility of loving or sin in the garden? Y'all answer that. He um, just said you can have everything except for this one thing. So as long as they didn't eat of that one thing, then they they were good to go. They were in complete communion with God. Uh, there was nothing but that was separating them. From so, the Lord. So did God they had perfect did, union? They were going to live forever. I but mean, they still they, had choices. Still had other choices. They just weren't. Yeah, they had all the choices they wanted, and they had. They didn't even know that there was sin at all because there it, it didn't even exist at that time. Right. Well, I mean, the possibility did. The possibility did, because they had the choice to, to, uh, to yeah. eat of that fruit, and that's whenever they, uh, became. They were already like God, but then they became more like God, as in all they knew was good. They didn't know evil. But once they took that fruit, then they knew evil because they just experienced it. Did God know evil? Yes. So God is intimately, not intimately equated with evil, but he knows about evil is what you're saying. Okay, so the possibility was given to do evil. Does that mean Mm -hmm. that God was complicit in the action of Adam? Complicit. What do you mean? Give me a give me. A well, letter. I mean, does that mean that God had a hand in causing Adam to sin? No, he no. made that choice. So the omniscience, knowing that it was a possibility, no. does that mean that the serpent had the influence? Was the influence what, of the sin? Was God's allowance? What, what was God's allowance of the serpent to come into play, or God's allowance of the possibility of sin? 
Does that make him an accomplice to sin? No. No. Okay, so we're saying that free will choice, did God know that Adam, at the onset, why, why would he create the possibility of evil he in the garden? He didn't create the evil. No, he created the possibility. Did he? Well, if he gives a choice. No, he gave what a choice. He did is, what he did is he gave rules. That's right. All he did was give rules. That's not evil. Well, he created, no, no, no. The rules aren't evil. But so, there, there is a possibility of breaking the rule. Mm-hmm. With every command, there, but why would he do that? That's what I'm getting at. Why, If he's not complicit in the sin, which he's not, we're, we've already said this. Right. He's not, he's, not, he's not tempting anyone to evil. Mm-mm. But there is, in order for there to be a good choice, there has to be the possibility of a poor choice. Poor choice. Bad choice. Hmm. No, I don't always agree with that. Okay. Just difference. It's a different choice, which leads a different path. You don't think there's a good and bad? No, there there was. Because they chose the serpent. Well, they chose let's listen their, oh, to Let's listen to him and eat this fruit. It's not the serpent's fault, although... Oh. That's what they said. No, they, he, they said it was, but yeah. ultimately the choice existed with who? Adam and Eve. That's right. Yeah. What we're talking about is God's foreknowledge. If God is all-knowing, then why did he even create the possibility if it was going to cause a mess? He had to know that people were going to choose. He he knew that there was a choice, but yeah. he didn't know what the choice was. Right. Obviously, that that it, he would not have the reaction that he had if he knew what that choice was going to be. And ultimately, mm-hmm. I'm saying the purpose of that choice was because God wanted there to be an opportunity for love. Mm-hmm. Yes. I, I cannot I cannot have an opportunity of love without a, a, the the choice to do opposite of that, which is disobey or or not love to to choose ultimately selfishness over what mm-hmm. he had said to do. Okay, so what do I mean by that? Um, when he gives the command, the command is obviously given with the warning of if you do the opposite of what I'm telling you, in the day that you eat of the thing that I told you not to eat of. What happens? He gives a consequence. Mm-hmm. He says, in the day that you eat of that, you will surely die. 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 Okay. Now, if you read in context or you read what he's telling them, he's saying that, that what you know now, what you the innocence that you know, the purity that you know, mm-hmm. all that you know in this garden will that'll that'll whittle away to nothingness. It's not, it won't be like you know it now. It's death mm-hmm. to what you have what you know as far as life. What you know as far as the eternal life, what you know as far as the innocence, what you know as far as your life as you know it is going to be gone. You're going to die. Yeah. And ultimately, his he knows the consequence of that action. Does that mean that's what he chose for them? No, they chose that. That was what their choice was. So they had the ability to love or not love, mm-hmm. which means that he did not create automated autonomy. Uh, uh, automations he didn't create an xbox game he didn't program robots he programmed moral agents agreed but that also means that he has to allow the choice yeah which means he cannot pre-write pre-form and pre-program us to a certain thing Otherwise, there's no choice involved. He can't be wrong. Agreed, 100%. Okay, does that make sense to you guys? Okay, so we're talking about, do you really have a choice? Absolutely. But if we do have a choice, that means that God limits his omniscience to the knowable future. Now, are there things that he knows about the future? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. He he saw the end and of the things beginning. from the beginning. But that doesn't mean that all the choices in between there have already been made. It just means that he knows the end result. Mm-hmm. When, when he prophesies things and he says, I'm going to do this stuff, it's not that he knows how those things are. If he says, you know, Steve, this is how you're going to get here. He doesn't. He says, Steve, I'm going to do this, and then he makes those things happen. That's literally prophecy. It's not fortune-telling. It's not, well, I know that Todd's going to come in your life, and he's going to choose this, and then this person is going to do this. That's not. He's not about trying to control and dictate according to his foreknowledge. He He's all-powerful, which means he can influence souls. He knows about us. He knows our character. He knows mm-hmm. our nature, and he's able to foresee those things. Yes. But at the point of choice... He knows how to utilize choices and make them good, just like Romans 8 talks about. God causes all things together for the good of those that love God. Called according to his purpose. That's right. So that always comes up with the, the, the conversation of, okay, so if God doesn't know past your choice, if we're talking about that, then is God in control? He is in control, but he's not in control of your choices because that's he wants you to have the choice to love him. So you're telling me he's relinquished control over your choices? Because, well, yeah, because that he gave you the free will to mm-hmm. choose. So, so he's he, giving you the will to he choose. He gave you authority to choose what? Whether you're going to follow, serve him, follow him, love worship him, him love him. Love That's or lots of choices actually. Mm-hmm. We go back to we go well. The bottom line is love or not love, because he That's goes to his disciples. He goes to his disciples and says, "Why do you love me? Why do you say you love me, but do not what I say? Mm-hmm. Why the the person that loves me will keep." First John says, "If you love me, if you love him, you will keep his commandments." Mm-hmm. End of story. So if he commands something to you. You're going to choose what he asks you to do. Why? Because you love him. That's that's yeah. part of it. That's in the garden. It's the same thing with anybody that he's talked to, and he's given good good information about good good quote unquote boundaries. Mm-hmm. Okay, that good boundary implied with that boundary is the danger of not abiding by that boundary. And usually, what happens is our mentality says, "Well, past that boundary is something that I want. It looks good. Looks good to eat." quote unquote, that's, that's Adam and Eve. And even though God said not to, and even though God said this boundary, I think I know better. And so I'm going to choose to do it my way, my way instead Mm -hmm. of his way. And so who are we loving instead of doing what God says to do? Loving ourselves. We're loving ourselves more than we love what he's asking us to do. And so the, the choice of indicative of selfishness versus selflessness. Mm -hmm. And that also, speaks to the intrinsic value of the Lord in our life. If we value the Lord over everything else, like we're supposed to, what 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 he's asked us to do, it's what's best for everything when God creates that boundary. And so that omniscience is he knows everything there is to know. He knows the nature of all of creation. He knows the nature of all of us. And he knows all the all the stuff that's surrounding this choice. And he lays that boundary. And because we thought that we knew better we have the power to love or not love the mm-hmm. Lord in that capacity. You say worship, I, I say love, same thing. Mm-hmm. Um, giving of ourselves as a living sacrifice. Mm-hmm. But that begs the, the question. If there is someone who does not choose to love the Lord, 
Is God in control of that action? If he's choosing not to love the Lord. Did, no, they have the choice. They have the, they have the ultimate choice. What does that mean? Is God free of what's that, blame? That's probably the best word, I guess. Is God free of blame for that choice? Yeah, because they, they make their choices. He doesn't make their choices for them. So he's not in control of that choice. They have the control of their own choices. He still has a plan for everybody's life. It's whether or not they choose to, to follow. Follow the plan. So we're, we're, we're saying that there is a plan that God ultimately has for people that he wants them to follow. Yeah, and it's always going to be in... God's never going to have a plan just for your own selfish things. He's going to have a plan that's going to be for the other people, for his kingdom. Okay, but you do realize that in our culture today... It's all about me. Yes. Well, not yes. It is. It is all about. It's all about us and, yeah. and that, that kind of stuff. What, but what? It, what? It, what? It, what? What? You've you've heard this. I know you've heard this in your churches. Come on, where people say, "Oh, it's okay. God's in control." Control. Have yeah. you ever said it? A thousand times. Have I'm, I mean, I've said it when before I came around to this line of thought. Yeah. Well, I mean, I you, before this thought. I mean, because okay. So ultimately, God, he doesn't know what we're choice. Our choices are going to be. But yet he's still in control of the outcomes. Uh, no, uh, he at least knows the outcomes. Well, well I, I don't know that he knows the exact outcome. I think he knows. Well, uh, he knows the kind of an idea end result. What, if of you go this path, this is it's a game of chess. Mm-hmm. Well, I think he's a designer. So if sure. we're if if you put sugar in a gas tank, you're going to have a bad gas. Yeah, you're, not and only that, you're but gonna, you're probably going to blow it. You're going to blow. Yeah. Well, you're going to stop your engine. Yeah. yeah stop yeah. the engine. And so, who better to tell you that than the designer? Engine. Right. The repercussions of this action is going to lead to this. Yeah. He right. knows what sin, where sin can take you, because right. he's seen it. So that that being said, does that mean that God created that? <laughs> and that's that's the that's the thing we say. God's in control. Um, let me let me take it to an extreme example. Okay. And this is where I, I this is where I think this whole line of thought breaks down with Calvinism because, because what happens is we are ascribing the plan. The, the God can't, God's not a failure. He's not, he's, he's totally infallible. Yes. So the system that he's created is built on the, the choosing of love and choosing him instead of ourselves. That's, that's the nature of love, trust, redemption, trust, and love, trust and love. That's, that's the relational concept Mm -hmm. of this theology that I'm talking about. Mm -hmm. Calvinism says that at the onset, first of all, we're unable to come to knowledge at all. Second of all, you are built in with a predisposition and a, an, an innate sin in your life. So when you're born, you're born with a nature that says that you are completely and totally depraved. That God has built in you a moral depravity when he formed and fashioned you in your mother's womb. And it's it's Adam's fault, is what they'll say. Mm-hmm. But when he creates you, when he knits you together in your mother's womb, because I don't know if you've ever seen or or looked at that, it's amazing how the the the, the body of a baby, and, and you just you just saw this happen mm-hmm. before your eyes in the womb of your your daughter-in-law mm-hmm. and Ellie Mae, who is beautiful. But I'm just saying. At, at the onset of this little baby that was in there, it, it, you know, they're not that pretty at the start. They look like tadpoles. And yeah. then God Aliens. develops and forms this thing. But somehow we get in this thing of God's plan and purpose has formed us and fashioned with an innate ability to sin. 
And he doesn't like that. He hates sin. He hates sin, but we're pre-programmed and predestined. He's predestined some of us to good choices and he's predestined some of us to bad choices. And the thought pattern here, this is what boggles my mind. Here's the extreme example, is that when somebody walks into a church with a gun in their hand and begins to waste away at lives in that sanctuary, mm-hmm. we've seen this, or in schools, we talk about Columbine or or yeah. Sandy Hook or any of these, Virginia Tech, I just saw a I Survived episode, and they attribute this to God. They say that God's in control and that we have to trust his plan for those people. Mm-mm. Did God do that? It was no. God the author of that guy coming in and no. shooting all no those way. people. No way. But you see how that line of thought can can lead to that. Yeah. Right. But that's yeah. Yeah. And, and you see why it ticks me off. Sure. And that line of thought keeps people out of church. Well, yeah. I've I've seen ladies across the table from me, across the desk from me who have gone through things horrible, horrible things that their kids have chosen for themselves. And they're asking me, why would God allow this to happen? If God loves me, why would he write this out? Is that You tell me that he's got a master plan. You tell me that he's got all this to my life written out, and he knows exactly how it's going to happen. And why would God allow this? And so I have so many people. That's that why people me, get so angry at God. Yeah, because people are attributing these actions to God, the heart of God. Yeah, and it's not his heart at all. No, what if we if we know what his his desire is? What we have to ask if he is omniscient and he knows for a fixed certainty all these choices that we're making, and there is no real choice. Okay, does God always get what he wants? Nope. No, he does not. Yeah, because he always he wants everybody saved to be saved. He wishes none would perish. Yeah, he's not but willing that all would have it alert. All would come. Does all of does everybody come to repentance? No, nope. but he wishes they would. So we're going to that Ephesians chapter and verse Ephesians two, where he says, um, talks about sin and talks about even this is the the go to for Calvinists to say that we have a sin nature, and I I disagree with that line of thought too. Um, that's a whole other podcast. But in this moment, he says, "I predestine every person to good works." Does everybody do good works? No, no, no. In fact, I would say that in my own life. I would say that God has been disappointed in the choices. Now, does that mean that his love is waxing vain because I made a bad choice? No. Nothing separates us from the love of God. But love does not necessarily equate salvation. You have a free will, moral responsibility. What do I mean by moral? Your will has to choose his over Mm -hmm. yours. That's your will. If I will my own stuff, then I'm going to choose that way. And look how that worked out for Adam and Eve. Mm-hmm. Look how that worked out for Todd Bergen. Look how that worked out for Steve Howard. Look how it worked out for, for me. And if I do my own stuff, thinking that I have enough wisdom to be able to choose on my own, my path versus what he's asking me to do. And that's the greatness and goodness of God mm-hmm. is that he's given us an instruction manual on how to do it the way that he's designed it to work the best yes. way. He's, he's told us. He's literally given us clear instructions on how to operate in this life the way that he wants you to operate in this life. Yeah. Not only that, but now he has made it accessible to where you can ask him. You have like a, a hotline to the, yeah. the author and creator and sustainer of all things. Hey, yeah. how do I do this? How do I get this done? But here's what he doesn't do. 
He doesn't put a ring in your nose and lead you around mm-hmm. like a cow nope. telling you mm-hmm. what you have to do. He uh, he tells you what he wants. He gives you instructions on how to do it. You and then he chooses to do it. Steps back. That's that's the nature of the Lord. Mm-hmm. All throughout the creation, all the way to now. That's the only way that these things that we're seeing in this life play out without God getting blamed and complicit for the actions of some of these idiots that are walking into the the churches and shooting people or mm-hmm. um i'm not going to talk about politics but i could mm-hmm. um so but you understand that there is a line of thought out there from god's omniscience to free will how do those things coincide well god knows everything that there is to know we're not debating whether or not god's omniscient so we know that he is all yes, knowing he's all knowing but that means for free will to happen he knows everything that there is to know mm-hmm. it doesn't mean that he every and somebody's used this example before. They said, "Well, does Todd? You're, you're from Washington, right? Mm-hmm. Does God know about um, your your twin sister that lives in Africa?" I didn't know I had a twin sister. That, no, neither no. he didn't know he had, you had one either because it doesn't exist. How can he know something that doesn't exist? It doesn't profit him to know something that does not exist yet. Mm-hmm. And so it it it, it, it that falls apart. All the possibilities. Yes, he knows. He's a masterful chess player. He knows all the possibilities. But even then, if you read Jeremiah 19.5, there are some possibilities that he doesn't even contemplate. When they start sacrificing babies to Baal, babies, their kids mm-hmm. to, to Baal, he goes... I never thought you didn't do that. Yeah, never even crossed my mind. as Jeremiah 19.5, by the way. Never even crossed my mind that you would do such a thing. So there are they're evil that he doesn't sit around on his throne, twiddle his thumbs and go, oh, I hope they don't do this. I don't think he's up there contemplating all the bad things that you can do. And I think people get this mm-hmm. when we start talking like this. That's the, that's the image that they get of God, right. is that he's up there trying to contemplate all the ways that Todd's going to fail. And he's worried about that. No, what I believe about the Lord is every good and perfect gift comes from the Lord. Mm-hmm. I believe that he predestines every man to good works and his hope and his faith in you, especially when he reveals truth is that you do it his way. Why? That's, that's smart. It's, mm-hmm. it's wise. It's loving. It's, it's the best for you. Mm-hmm. Why wouldn't you choose this? And that's the same thing with Adam and Eve. When Adam and Eve chooses something other than that, that's why you, you feel almost Reading that, you feel the disappointment of yeah. Oh man, why are, why are you covering yourself? Mm-hmm. Who told you you were naked? Mm-hmm. That whole we had a good thing going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I told you not to eat that tree. Yeah, or when Saul he commands Saul to do something. And but let, let's take that. So in that verse where he, you know, he was looking for him and then he found him, they were hiding and they were now clothed with figs, you know, leaves or whatever. And they made the statement, we were naked. And he said, who told you you were naked? Who told you you were naked? Do you, do we, do we think that he, and when he said back at the beginning, don't eat of this tree. Do you think he thought, well, first of all, what was the tree? It was a tree of the knowledge, knowledge of good and evil. Good and that was yeah. not the tree of life. Sorry. Yeah. It was the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. Right. Mm-hmm. So he said, don't eat of that. And then, and then, so at that point, obviously he knew if they did eat, this is the chess game. If they did eat that, then they were going to know what? Good and they evil. They're, they're going to know about naked mm-hmm. because that's in that tree. Uh, yeah. That knowledge. The the innocence of 
walking around in the nude in the buff and not thinking it's like that people would judge me or people would well, you know I think see I'm, me in a different light. I think it's more like more child esque. Like um, it's it's inappropriate to talk in church. You know, we get this line of thought. But that's a cultural thing, but you know, these kids they don't know any better, and it's not until they understand that choice being good or evil that they they learn whether or not they can do that or not. It's, mm-hmm. it, and so Adam and Eve were walking around in a garden without any preconceived notions of evil or or good. All they knew what 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 God had told them to do when they ate of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. It was just the nature of the choice. If you think about it, the, the, there was no special power in the tree. I don't. I, I'm. 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 I, I don't. Uh, I. I don't know for sure. I don't know if there was a special. Just like I don't think that there was a. I think all that power comes from the Lord, anyways. Mm-hmm. But the fact that they chose that other way, that that means that they became intimately equipped because they had already known the goodness of God. Mm-hmm. And in innocence, we can know the goodness of things, like the baby knows the goodness of feeding. They, they, he, the baby will know that there's a good thing that comes from um, feeding and, and nourishment and rest. Um, but they also, when they make that first choice to selfishly indulge or whatnot, there's an obvious understanding, especially at first correction, that there's something that bad took place. I think that's the same thing with Adam and Eve. When they ate of that tree of knowledge and good and evil, they became intimately acquainted with the disobedience to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And now they're going to become intimately equated with the consequences of that choice. Which is shame. Which is knowledge of good and evil. And evil. And why the enemy who told a half truth, he said, when you eat of this, you're not going to die. You're going to become like God. There's mm-hmm. a half truth there. Be careful. Be careful of half truths because mm-hmm. you don't know which half you're going to get. Mm-hmm. Okay. The enemy says, you're not going to die. You're going to become like God. That there was a half truth there. They're going to die, so that's absolutely false. But they they became like God, but only in this manner that God knew what disobedience looked like. He knew the consequences of those things, and He knows He's all completely good. So He was intimately not intimately acquainted, but He was acquainted with what bad was, and He was acquainted with what good was. He's obviously all wise, so He knew those things. Mm-hmm. Adam and Eve only knew innocence until. They made a choice to not be innocent. Yeah, mm-hmm. does that make sense? Yeah, I, like I said, it's cerebral, but that's still not talking about the omniscience of God. Did God know that that was happening? And and I don't, I don't think. It, well, that's why I was going to say because when he came back down, and he was looking, now this is a, and they were hiding. This is so, a whole nother podcast. By I the know, way, I know, and there's other questions that I. I have, but I'm not it's good. Be. I want to answer yeah. this question though, because we've got time. Okay. So, all right. I think that any time, because I believe that God, God, the father, God, the son, and God, the Holy spirit are the same. It's yes. one. All right. And I think that they, they incorporate different offices. Like I think God, the father is the hierarchy and in heaven, he's enthroned. Okay. And the character that, that character of God, the father, um, is the same as God the Son, but what what I see is every time that God comes to Earth, like even with Abraham, or when He appears to Abraham, or when He He's with Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, He's in physical form. I honestly think that when He makes the choice to come down, now this is not this is just stretching, guys. This is why it's PT podcast. This is a 
you, all you theologians out there, about to, your heads are about to explode and you're about to come at me with all these messages about how I'm preaching heresy. I'm not preaching this from the pulpit. I'm just having a conversation with my buddy Todd. And what I think what happens is when he comes to earth, he takes on the form of a man so that we understand what that looks like. And then I think his, his Godhead in that moment is it, he chooses to converse and to know and to be known in that just like with jesus when jesus comes to earth and he's in the form of a man he has set aside his godhead and he is relating to man in that way right then now he's had a whole life with jesus we see that but when he came to that garden i think he literally was like okay why are you why are you hiding yourself i think he was genuinely wanting to relate to them as human to human as a person to a person. And so the person of Jesus was there in the garden with them. The the human form of God in the flesh right there in, in the garden at that moment. So that's just that's just my belief structure. I, I think he did he obviously in human form, just like Jesus, he was in human form. He didn't have ultimate foreknowledge. He knew the end, he knew what he was come he had come to do, but I don't think he knew every choice before it was made. I don't think he had intimate knowledge about every choice that was going. I think it was there were some times where he was surprised, like when the centurion says, "You could tell me to go, and that she's going to be healed, and I'll believe you." I think he was genuinely surprised when, and he said, "Like people with this kind of faith, I haven't ever seen before. I'm I'm impressed with this. Go, and it'll be done the way you said it." So I think there were times where he looked at that and he was really, I think he was genuinely surprised when the disciples woke him up in the boat. And he's like, oh my gosh, you little faith. Do you not realize, you know, okay, listen, when? Big storm. Do, no, yeah. I'll stop it. Be done. Okay. Or how about the, <laughs> how long must I endure you? Or the, the, the Pharisees, <laughs> how surprised he is when they are as religious as they are and how angry he gets at those things or the, the, I mean, there's just too many examples of Jesus being in the flesh, putting aside the authority of the Godhead. He's literally acquiescing to the hierarchy of the Father and the will of the Father, which is the the ultimately, I believe, the 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 authority that exists in heaven. And when he comes to earth, that personification of God in the flesh on this earth is an authority to the will of the Father that is embodied in heaven. So if if God's in heaven, the, the Father. The earth is his footstool. The rules apply on this earth. If he's in human form here on this earth, he had to set aside his Godhead in order to walk and endure every temptation as a man. man. So they didn't have one up on us when he endured every one of those temptations. He just chose to follow the will of the of the authority, which is the Father. You notice, I and my Father are one. He says that. And he says, that what you see me do, you see the Father do. Now, I know I'm turning over some, but the embodiment of, in human flesh, wanting to obey the will of the Father, which is his will. That's Jesus's will, mm -hmm. but he's in human form here. He's walking among us. He's talking among us. So the fully God, fully man concept of him walking a fully man having all the stuff, but still being intimately acquainted with the Father. Is that possible for us? Can we have that kind of communion and that kind of will towards the Father? Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, or else he wouldn't have commanded it. Right. Yeah. All right. So if Jesus had downloaded all that information in God's omniscience at birth, then let me ask you a question. Did he have one up on us? 
Was he able to endure and suffer every temptation as a man if he wasn't just a man? No. <laughs> Are you sure? <laughs> yeah. I had to think about that for a second. Uh, I, just, I know I'm stretching minds. I'm yeah. sorry. No, no, you're. I, I believe you're right. I, I just, yeah. It's a br- it's a brain freak when you start talking about the Trinity, anyways. But yeah, yeah it's I, so hard for us to understand. I don't think it is that hard. <laughs> I, think people, whole, I think people make it difficult. Well, yeah, quite possibly. Well, just like that, I think the the omniscience thing people make hard. That they 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 for some reason it's like they freak out if they think that God wasn't in control of every choice that they've ever made. And when they find out that it breaks the heart of God when they sin, they are they're hitting the wall, man. They're they're freaking out. How dare you say that God didn't control me when I was, you know, killing my wife? <laughs> Although it sounds really silly, there are people out there that believe that God predestined them to be that person. No. Son vessels of honor, vessels of dishonor is the is the scriptures that they'll go to with that. And although mm-hmm. that verse does exist, it's not talking about God predestining somebody to do actions of sin. No. If that's the case, then God is complicit in your sin, which means he's partially to blame. And I know you're not saying that about no. the Lord. So if you are, y- yeah, you got some issues. So I, I agree. And I think I knew where you were going with that choice. Of why, and then how come God was acting like he didn't know if he knew? Well, mm-hmm. I honestly yeah. think that when he came to the garden and was reasoning with, he was like, oh, they played this game of chess. Ah, well, where, I think he was at? No, I honestly think he was trying to relate to them on that level. He was sitting there in front of them. He was appearing to them in the cool of the day. We already knew that. Right. I don't think that was a spiritual thing. I think that was human form God walking with them, talking with them, and experiencing relationship human to human in that command. I think it was the personification of Jesus before we knew who Jesus was on this earth. That's the Son of God walking with Adam and Eve, the human form of God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I honestly think that's what happened. Now, that's just... That's shooting in the dark. I don't have any <laughs> Back uh, other other than the examples that I have in the Bible of when the actual person of God appears, not in spiritual form beforehand. Mm-hmm. It's the only thing I I can I can relate to. So I, I know this is stretching in the fractal edges and agree or disagree. And listen, I'm okay with being proved wrong on that. I don't have any problem with that. But it makes sense to me that God would want to relate to Adam and Eve on that level to find out what were you thinking, choosing. Mm-hmm. This way instead of what we had decided or what we had talked about, right? And can you imagine the heartbreak of God knowing the potential that we have if we just simply choose mm-hmm. what He's asking us to do, and then to see that potential ruined because we decide that we know better? It's like I know you said not to put sugar in the gas tank. Mm. But but I did it anyways because I thought maybe I'd get better gas mileage. Yeah, I thought maybe it would absorb the impurities of the, the gas, <laughs> the condensation. <laughs> and he, so he, he literally goes, "I got to come down there and see for myself. Yeah. What in the world are you doing? Yeah. Why? Why are you doing this?" And I think with Genesis chapter six, God saying it grieved my heart. I'm looking at man right now. There's not even one pure one among them, and things like that. I, I think we see the heartbreak. So that answers the question then for those of us that are listening out there. And I know it's cerebral and I know it requires thought, but God is not complicated. He, he is obviously a very complicated being, but as far as his desires for us, he wants great 
great, wonderful, loving things. He is all love. Yes. He is all truth. He is all light. In him, there is no darkness. In him, there is no turning from those things. That's part of who he is. Amen. And so when he lays out the expectation for us, he is hoping that we will play that game. I don't know if it's even playing the game. Hoping that we will choose love him. Mm-hmm. And, and, him. Yeah. That, that's essentially that's what you said. If God is love, if his way is love, mm-hmm. and he is love, then we will choose him. Love. Love. Yeah. If we're not choosing love, then then logically, what are we choosing? Something that's not love, something that is what's the opposite of love? Sin. That's true. Selfishness. selfishness. Sin is essentially selfishness. Mm-hmm. So anyways, anything you guys want to add to that? I mean, can you see that people that have a misunderstanding about the will of God and the design of God, Mm because we hear this plan thing a lot. God's got a plan, trust God's plan, trust God's plan, and we use it for situations that we can't explain as a cop-out. Well, Mm -hmm. God has a plan, just trust God's plan, and we mean well, but when we're talking about acts of evil on this earth, I think it's beneficial for us to say, Somebody goes, well, how could he allow that? And I, I've literally looked at them and said, that was not God. Mm-hmm. Yeah, God did not do that. That was that guy. That was his choice. Mm-hmm. That was that his was that fault. Choice. That's right. And just like you and me, you, yeah. anybody that's listening to this podcast, you know what's right. You know what to do. You tell me when you've decided to do the antithesis of what God has asked us to do, mm-hmm. how is that working out? There's some of you listening right now. I know you, you, you told me you're going to listen today. I'm just going to say there is condemnation for the one who sins and thinks that God didn't see that. And they're going to live in shame because of the choice that they made. Does that mean that God doesn't love them? No, it doesn't. But if you look at the, the example of the prodigal who decided to take the inheritance, I would say that's the revelation of God's will. That's the inheritance. The fact that he's given you all the instruction, he's given you grace, he's given you the possibility of atonement, he's given all that to you as your inheritance, and you take that and you run with it and you squander that revelation. Then you look like the prodigal. Was the prodigal free from consequences? No. Did the father know that the guy was doing that? Does this say anything about the foreknowledge of the father in regard to the son making those choices? He just let him go and make his choices. He gave him his inheritance. Gave him his inheritance and allowed him to make the choices, choices that he made. He made. The, was the father intimately acquainted with what the, the, the son was choosing? Do we have that information in that parable? Mm-hmm. No. In fact, all that the father was concerned about was the wellness of his son. Mm-hmm. And he was concerned. And when he saw his son returning he from his path, him. he didn't concern himself with what he was involved with. He concerned himself with making sure that he greeted him as a son. Mm-hmm. And I think that's where people need to understand the, the, the embodiment of this whole, God laid out this plan and wrote this thing out. And that's your, that you were designed to sin. You were designed to do all these things, the, the alternate of what God has asked you to do. And I call it the cycle of destruction. God hates sin. At the onset, he says he doesn't like sin, mm-hmm. although he designs you with sin innately when you're born. That that's what that's what Calvinism teaches. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You're designed with sin innately when you're born. You're already born into a flesh bag of sin, 
and you have no control because you're already predestined to sin or not to sin. But since you have no control over that, you're going to you're going to sin, and God's going to send you to hell for that sin, even though you had no control on whether or not you could or not sin. So it's the cycle of destruction. It's I'm commanding you against sin. I'm making you unable to obey what I've told you to do, and I'm going to punish you for your inability. And that makes absolutely no sense whatsoever. Mm-mm. And so people will come back and say, well, that's that's God's, it, it, you're his creation. What right do you have to say? Well, I would say that God's just. I would say that God's righteous. And it doesn't match the character of God to put that kind of cycle into place. This way of looking at the scriptures, every time I read through now, chronologically or otherwise, if I read through the lenses of this open theism, and that's what this is called, this teaching, everything makes sense. His reactions his heartbreak, the way he deals with Israel, the way he deals with Pharaoh, Nineveh, Abraham, on down through Peter, Paul, Jesus, all the disciples, all the stuff, Ananias and Sapphira, all of his dealings make sense in the light of how I'm looking at the Lord and his omniscience. He knows all that there is to know. He's completely wise. He doesn't know past the point of your decision. And I think that's the way he operates in conjunction and in synergy with you. He reveals things, and he hopes that you choose his path. But you have ultimate authority over your own life, what destination you choose. And he, his heart will break for the one that decides alternate. Yeah, I think he, I think he does right now. Looking at yeah. America and looking at the things, I think he's grieving over those choices. Oh yeah. So it's not God that's causing these. A few sleepless nights. Oh well, I, I don't think he sleeps. <laughs> he might rest. But I think his eyes are ever watchful. Yes. Um, and we talked about grace and, and mercy last season. Mm-hmm. How I don't think that God's grace is a blinding to sin. I think it's an empowerment to overcome sin. And the person that really wants to choose God will choose him and will find incredible power to choose alternate selfishness because he's given you all the tools to do that. Yeah. It's those individuals that are convinced that their way is better or it's going to provide better things for them right. that they don't. So anything else you guys want to add to that at all? Are you kidding me? How, how could you add? <laughs> That's a pretty good rundown. Yeah. If you guys have questions out there, you better you better get on there and start typing. Well, I'm surprised that we the, 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 the conversation of suicide because we talked about that right at the onset. Yeah. You know, does God author that in somebody's life? No. Um, you know, I think there's a, I don't think we understand everything. Mm-hmm. And so we got to be really careful looking at different lives. Like we, we look at people's choices and we think we know and we assume that we know, but we really don't know. It's like pastors that preach somebody into heaven that they had no clue what their choices were and that never walked with them at all. And they, they deign to know that this guy's heart was pure and that, God, God has welcomed him into the gates of heaven. We hope that that's the case. We, we, we genuinely, but I, I don't think that we can look at every individual situation with the wisdom of God, unless he gives us that wisdom to say whether or not. So I think in the case of suicide, I don't think God's plan or God's will is that somebody does that. Mm -mm. Um, That doesn't mean that there aren't circumstances or chemical imbalances or things that are extenuating circumstances that God doesn't see because of what kind of crappy world that we live in right now. I mean, do you know the chemicals that are in milk? 
you know the chemicals that are in vaccines? Do you know the chemicals that are in a lot of the things that we, um, some of the water that we drink? Um, so I know that evil exists in a lot of different areas in our lives. Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes it touches and affects innocent people in a very negative way. And I think sometimes that 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 hurts their brains. It hurts the chemicals in their brains. And sometimes that impairs their choices. And I think that some people who think that they're not complicit in those actions are absolutely complicit. Ezekiel says you're a watchman on the wall. And if you don't engage the way that God's telling you to, the blood will be required at your hands. So there's a warning for the people that know better Mm -hmm. that act out according to what they think. And why would that be a consequence if that's the way that God planned it from the get go? That just doesn't make any sense to me. So anyways, maybe it's just a passionate topic for me. Maybe everybody else agrees with that, but I know that there are people out there that have a, have a real big confusion about how does God know everything and design everything. And we have the problem with pain in this world. How, why do people, why, how come people are dying of cancer? How come people are dying from, you know, suicides? How come, you know, mm-hmm. if God's good, then how come these things are happening? And this kind of answers that question. I don't think God brings these things into lives. I think sometimes there's judgment, yes. Um, but I also think the judgment is is the byproduct of the choices that nations have chosen. Yeah, the consequences. So, but I'm trying to evoke any any kind of conversation that you guys might have on well, that. Well, things like on cancer, as far as my, my beliefs, I think cancer is a calling card. What do you mean? Bring them home. Right, well, could be. Could be. I think, I believe, I believe that. I lost my mom to cancer. She was a great woman. She died at an early age. She's there. I, I would 100% agree with you. I also think that it's the byproduct of choices that we make. Like some people that smoke for 34 years, Mm. Some of these individuals that die with lung cancer, even though they have all the warnings in the world, they decide, I don't care what you say. I, I like it. I'm going to do it. What about guy that works I, in an asbestos? Yeah. Well, company. again, that's that's evil on whole other front. Well, is it? I mean, at one time or another, asbestos was told, to, you know, it'd be a good product. Go ahead and use this. And then people worked in the factories and they died from asbestos. Call <laughs> me a conspiracy theorist. I think chemists and the people that designed asbestos, it was an easy way to flame retard. Mm-hmm. But I think some people knew when they let it out that there was there was possibilities that that might not be the best thing for people, and they did it anyways because it was a cheap solution. Mm-hmm. I think sometimes mm-hmm. there are shortcuts that are taken all over the place. But then mm-hmm. you have things like coal mines. Coal mines will give you cancer. It can, yeah. 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 But that's no fault of anybody else's no. own. But the, no. the, the, but I, that's what I'm saying. There's so many there's so many variables out there. I mean, you're looking for provoking conversation. I mean, that's. To me, I've believed when people say, oh, so-and-so's got cancer and everybody's oh, that's so sad. Maybe not. No, I don't. I don't know that it's sad. I'm, I'm thinking at that point, that person's going to be able to go home. Yeah. Get right. There's a balanced way of looking at that. I think some people are they're a product of the choices that they're making, like the guy that eats bacon every meal. Um, what are you saying? What? Don't, don't be going on bacon. Yeah. Let's Listen, back I off love, on bacon. I'm living in the freedom. Thou okay. shalt not. <laughs> you over there eating turkey sausage. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Listen, Against bacon. I love bacon. I love bacon. Yeah. But I'm telling you, you right now, my history, my family history, I know that if I eat bacon at every meal, there's going to be some There's going to be some products of that decision. That's a heart attack. That's not cancer. That's. I'm just saying, though. That, Unless that pig was fed some antibiotics that were bad and... 
Yeah. All I'm saying is that, that all I'm saying is that there's <laughs> products of those choices that I'm making. I can I know be 380 pounds yeah. and not be repentant of that action, even though I know God doesn't want me to be eating as much as I'm eating. Um, right. But so there are these pizza. There are innocent people. <laughs> That's why the Bible says rain falls on the just and the unjust. Mm-hmm. Yes. Because I think in this world, you will have trouble. I think sin touches everything and we don't even know how much it touches. I mm-hmm. think Monsanto, when they make a deciding Thing to genetically modify corn it might be birthed with a desire I, I don't think it is but i'm saying it might be birthed with a desire to produce corn easier and in the name of that ease they genetically modify this stuff so it withstands you know roundup disease, disease all that stuff Best. and then what they don't know or i think they do but what they didn't know <laughs> when they they started was that now it's it's having long-term effects on mm-hmm. it causes cancer or causes diseases I think the same way about other things that are happening right now, that it's a whole nother podcast that we've identified. Oh yeah. And it's birthed out of a wrong heart. I I desire the ease and the satisfaction of that ease more than I desire to do it the way that God has asked us to do it. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And I think that that touches more people than we understand. And Mm -hmm. that causes hurt, pain, heartache all around us. Sin destroys everything and it costs Jesus everything. Yeah. So anyways, okay. Uh, I digress. I'm not trying to preach at you guys, but I am trying to make sure that we dispel the myth that God is in control of the sinner because if the sinner decides that he's going to now, can he make good of what the sinner decides to do? Yes, he can. He's expert at taking things that are terrible and making them, things that are beautiful uh, redemption stories and and mm-hmm. there even from columbine and even from sandy hook and and virginia tech there are stories of survival and redemption and forgiveness and great things that happen out of those things it's still tragic yeah. and it's still hideous mm-hmm. god was not the author of that guy going in there and shooting all those students mm-hmm. but the stories that come out of that of redemption and god doing incredible that god's great at that he mm-hmm. he's romans eight twenty eight is still true what and what what joseph said what what the enemy meant for evil, God will turn for good. good. I I truly mean I, I I absolutely believe he's a master strategist and he does mm-hmm. that. But that does not mean that he preordained the negative so that he could turn it around and make it positive. That's not what mm-hmm. that's not what he, he didn't preordain your sin so that he could send Jesus. Right. No. And and that's a that's a misnomer. So those of you that are out there and you don't agree with him, that's okay. You can you can be wrong. Um, <laughs> <laughs> And you can disagree with me. We're not afraid of that. We love you, and we're glad that you're tuning in. Uh, we got a got an exciting thing that's happening right yes. now. Yay! New single. Yeah. New single. Tim New artist. Sh- Tim Schlesner. Um, Tim. Uh, he is a, a real estate agent in Lindale, and he's a prolific. I mean, great writer. Yes. Cool. Um, of lyrics. Um, now he'll tell you he doesn't write music. Um, I'm not very good at writing music, but I'm, I got lucky Whatever. on this one. Hush. <laughs> I got lucky on this one. I feel like this is a, a very, very cool song uh, that God gave to him and I. Um, and I wrote the music and some of the lyrics. Tim wrote the majority of the lyrics. Um, it's called Love Will Win. And this is the debut day. Yay. Right on. <laughs> January 14, 2022, Love Will Win is the name of the song. We're going to cool. listen to it right now. I'm, I'm excited. I'm stoked. I, I've already, to be honest with you, it's on every digital fa- platform that's out there. But I wanted the opportunity to play it for you on the podcast because I'm I'm proud of it. And Steve hasn't ever heard it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes, he has. Yeah, He's I heard have. it. He's heard it. I've heard so, it. Yeah. I'll listen to it again. So has Todd. Todd's heard it too. 
Amen. Yeah. So all my close buddies have been able to hear mm-hmm. it that, yeah, that are around me on a day-to-day basis usually. Okay. But you guys have not at the podcast and we want to deliver this to you. Hope, hope you like it. This is called Level Win. Check it out. I've got words, I've got wonders And the world is filled with doubt I just need your calming presence To help me figure this thing out I need direction, God, show me a master plan Leave this in your loving hands Still my troubled heart again Heavy burdens on my shoulders And I've done it to myself Thought I could do it on my own But now I know I need your help I can't see the bigger picture Help me see your point of view I know I can't do all things But Father, that's because of you Daddy, have you got a minute? I really need to talk I got lost amidst distractions Now I'm stumbling in my walk Could you nudge me towards the right thing I've gotten in the way again Bring peace into the situation Show me that your love will You need some peace and quiet Come inside and take some rest Shut the outside noises out And remember that you're blessed Gone through many trials On this path you chose to roam I'm happy that you've turned to me And now I'm here to take you home Then he kissed me on the forehead And he said the victory is won You know I came to save the lost son And I'll forgive all that you've done Don't forget my child Your soul is on the man I'm the Alpha and Omega The beginning and I am the end And I'll always have a minute And I'll always want to talk I'll always be there when you stumble 
And I'll carry you on your walk I'll always nudge you towards the right thing And you'll feel it from within I'll bring peace that passes understanding Oh, and my love will always win Daddy, have you got a minute? Cause I really need to talk I got lost amidst distractions Now I'm stumbling in my walk Could you nudge me towards the right thing? I've gotten in the way again Bring peace into the situation To the situation Please bring peace into my situation And show me that your love will That was the latest release single for Tim Lane. That's the stage name, by the way. It's easier to say than Tim Lane. Last. Who's that? That's that's my name. That's my middle name. Lane is my middle name. Mm-hmm. Danger is my middle name. <laughs> I'm just playing. Um, yeah, that was uh, that was Tim. That was Schle- lame. That's uh, that, that's lame. Thanks, man. <laughs> I appreciate that. You talk about the song. No, no, no. Oh, okay. yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. 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 Just at least you're honest. I was saying. No, at least you're honest. It's a dangerous thing. thing that's what I'm saying. Anyway, so uh, you be careful your timing, man, because we. I know. Tim's probably listening now and probably crying. No, I love oh. that. I just think it's. A, <laughs> I love that song was beautiful, and it really goes along with what we talked about today. It was yeah, yeah. I think ultimately at the end of this whole thing, I love think will win. love is going to win. He he's not going to lose a battle. Mm-hmm. So, um, but that that doesn't mean that you're. Your obligation isn't to obey and love and trust him, and that there will be repercussions. Hell was not designed for you; it was designed for the devil and his minions. Um, don't choose that side. Just don't. Yeah. Just don't do it. He doesn't want to put you there. That's not what his will is. He's wanting everybody to come to repentance. So, um, next week, guys, we're going to be talking about love. We're gonna we're gonna start our trek through love. And uh, the first one that we're going to talk about next week is love. The next one will be lust. We'll talk about lust. Mm-hmm. Then we're going to really dump into it. Oh my. We're going we're gonna to go into premarital sex and how far is too far. And then we're going to talk about marriage and keeping the flame alive. Mm. Then we're going to talk about adultery. Oh. And one of the biggest ones the next week after that will be porn and the things that we think about in the dark and the women's perspective on that. Mm-hmm. And then we're going to talk about homosexuality and Christianity, and that's going to be a really hot topic because in this day and age, there has been a big conversation about can you be homosexual and be a Christian? We're going to answer that question. Uh, then the next week is going to be what is friendship? What does it look like? What is true friendship? What does it look like? Because a lot of people identify themselves as friends, but does that? what does that actually look like? And without identifying what love actually is, I don't think you can. So, And then we're going to mm-hmm. talk about anger 
and uh, some other things. So um, I just want to let you guys know that we're going to be on a trek, a relational trek here the next couple of weeks. You guys get ready. It's going to be a fun, fun, fun conversation. But I want to tell you how much we appreciate you listening. And if you guys got anything you want to talk about, let us know. Uh, message us. We, are, we look forward to hear from you. But until then, I just want to let you guys know we're, we're excited about what's happening. We're excited about you guys listening. And we look forward to seeing you next week. And until then, this is Todd Bergen. This is Steve Howard. And this is PT, and we will see you guys next week. Good night. God bless you.